What's really good guys? Welcome on back to Second and Short. I am Tyler Louder and joined here with the Aaron Ben and it is good to be back. I hope you guys are having a great time this summer, you know. Uh and if you aren't having a great time this summer, why don't you guys uh check out our last episode? We talked about Corey Littleton, you know, down in that that desert, Las Vegas. Las Vegas heat. Yeah, and it's and speaking of heat, I mean, I know where you live, it is dreadful. Oh, it's bad. Where I live, it's been, it has been so, I I, I don't know, it's unbearable. Yeah, I mean, I've always been jealous of your guys' weather. I love having snow in May and then just all of that kind of stuff. I, I can't stand heat. You're going to have to stand heat because this episode, we're bringing some fire and we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, damn. Yeah, and this this episode here is about the new addition of Teddy Bridgewater coming over to Carolina and, you know, potentially bridging the gap, per se, as, as you've been saying on our posts on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, this, this thumbnail here you guys see. Yeah, that's, that's pretty clever. I'm a pretty clever dude. And that's, yeah, 100%, 100%. And that's where we're at right now. This is... We're going to dive into Teddy Bridgewater here for all you Carolina Panthers fans, uh, which includes myself, uh, so this is fun to talk about them. But we're going to dive in to see what our real opinions are on his impact on this Carolina Panthers team now and in the future. But before all that, let's get into the background. Uh, Obviously, everybody knows Teddy Bridgewater back in 2014. You know, he barely got picked in that first round. Uh, selected number 32 overall out of Louisville uh, when the Minnesota Vikings jumped back in and took him. Uh, so, 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 so rookie year, you know, 14 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, started 12 games. Uh, this was the Vikings team that was on the up and up. So it was just kind of timing thing. But 2015, you know, he came on in and led the team to the, uh, to the playoffs and was a pro Bowl quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, he started all 16 games there and really kind of was showing promise as the future starting quarterback or the franchise quarterback for the Vikings. Then in 2016, in the preseason, he had that terrible knee injury. I don't remember exactly. He just busted his whole knee up. Missed the entire 2016 season, the entire 2017 season. He came back in 2017 for like two snaps, just kind of like to as a fan favorite to get him out there and show that he's kind of coming back from his injury. But uh, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. You can't really blame him for that. He was he signed with the Jets and then was traded from the Jets to New Orleans before playing a game with them. And he was a backup for, for Drew Brees in New Orleans for 2018, 2019. And then if you remember last year, he, he was kind of uh, a big story in the middle of the season when he came in, replaced Drew Brees for five games, and Brees was out with that thumb injury, went undefeated, had a 99 quarterback rating, and people are kind of getting pretty hyped about Teddy Bridgewater again. I mean, yeah, he went 5-0. and His completion percentage was like just under 70. It was like 60, 68, 67%. Uh, he, had, he had over almost 1,400 yards. Good for nine touchdowns, two interceptions. So he was just, you he know. He was beating good teams, too. They beat the Seahawks. Yeah, and that right there, I mean, the Seahawks, I think, are one of the best teams in the NFC. 
along with the Saints. And I think that the fact that they could drop from Breeze to Bridgewater and still have success, it says one of two things. Either this New Orleans Saints team is that good that they're going to be able to carry on without Drew Breeze in the future, or Teddy Bridgewater is fine. He's healthy. He's good to go. He is ready to be a leader on a team and kind of just you know, carry a team as a, as a field manager, which is what he is. I mean, he only, his average yards attempt was like about seven. So he's not, he's always guys like going to push the mold and go deep threat and everything. But then again, he doesn't really have to. I mean, he's got Michael Thomas running across the middle and Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. Like, of course he's not going to throw the ball 45 yards every play. Yeah. I mean, I think it could be both of those. Like, I think, the Saints are obviously a very well-run organization. And I think Teddy Bridgewater did kind of show that he can be a, maybe not a star quarterback, but he can be a solid, dependable quarterback when the time comes. 2019 comes around, or ends, and it's 2020 now, and Teddy Bridgewater is looking to be a starter. I mean, that 5-0 and is going to set him onto the, a pathway of making some real money. And we already know that the New Orleans Saints and Sean Payton, they love themselves some Taysom Hill. And it's just the money's not there for, for Teddy. But the Carolina Panthers somehow, it's, it's, it's weird. The Carolina Panthers getting Teddy was not even like on my radar as a Panthers fan because they did so before they even figured out what they were doing with Cam Newton. But in mid, mid to late March, I mean... Out of nowhere, Teddy Bridgewater signs with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, give us that contract details. Go over everything, uh, how long it goes, and when are they out. All right, so this is a three-year deal. Um, so he signed through the end of 2022. It's a $63 million. It sounds like a lot. It is kind of a lot, but the, the deal is structured in a way that this year his cap hit is only $14 million. And next year in the 2021 season, it'll be 23 million. And then after that, he can be cut and have a, for only 5 million in dead money. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a prove it deal where he can show that he's worth it. And if not, they can part ways without too much, uh, too much dead money. But I like, like a lot of fans, I saw this as kind of a, like I said, a large amount of money, especially for a player who's going to, who's supposed to be like a bridge quarterback, like a stopgap type of Tyrod Taylor guy. Um, especially since like the Panthers are they're kind of in conversations about being one of the teams in competition for Trevor Lawrence next year. It's kind of a lot of money, but I think Matt Rule, I think he just saw the guy that could fit his system, and we're going to talk about it in a bit. I think he just saw his guy and wanted to get him, make sure no one else got him. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, this, is, this is what, before we fit in, where, how he fits in with the Carolina Panthers and how he, uh, just everything about him, what's really confusing as a Panthers fan? And if, if you're some of those Panthers fans that hate Cam Newton and everything, um, whatever. If you're a fan of Cam Newton, I mean, we already know how polarizing this guy is, how great of a leader he is. I mean, you watch all these like behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, they had that um, All or Nothing series on Amazon, and he completely was just like a positive force for everything. He was kind of like a glue. Like everybody that was around him just stuck to him. 
and it was all positive vibes. He was always smiling. You know, he's putting on Beyonce before practice and everything to get everybody hyped up. And everybody says he's carrying too large of a cap cap number. I mean, he's making just under twenty million, and everybody's kind of freaking out about it. And then they go and sign a guy for a little bit more in twenty one million a year, and it just kind of blows everybody's mind. Like that doesn't make any sense. And then they just cut Cam Newton out of nowhere. Obviously, Carolina wants to get a guy that they think is ready to mentor. Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to think this. However, you know, perception and reality, they, they mix sometimes. Like what some, somebody else's perception and what real reality is. Teddy Bridgewater is a bridge quarterback. He is, 100%. That does not mean that he will not be successful for the Carolina Panthers. That doesn't mean that he's not going to be a starter. I mean, he could start for three straight years and maybe sign another contract. He could. But ideally, he signs a contract based on what we see. He starts for a year. Next year, they draft a rookie. He starts for a second year. They're out pretty much out of that contract. It's, they save $18 million by being done with him. And that quarterback can come in in his sophomore year that they drafted in 2021 and become the starter. You know? And I don't think, I think that's, even if they keep him as a backup, I just think that, that the contract length is perfect. The way it's structured is perfect. But when they signed him, I was just confused on the money situation. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, he, he can be like that perfect veteran quarterback to kind of ease in, ease the transition of a new rookie quarterback next year. So I think you have a point there. And another thing that we have to look at this too, so let's talk about this contract. He is the 18th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. He is making less per year than Alex Smith. Uh, so overall, this is a very, very good contract. And th- that number is going to drop from 18 to down because guys like Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, uh, just, um, I don't even know, like Kyler Murray, eventually in the next year or two, are going to get signed bigger contracts. You know, Patrick Mahomes technically, technically hasn't signed a contract yet, even though we know that mega deal is coming. So we could just say Teddy's the 19th highest paid quarterback. So overall, do you think that the money spent on Teddy was a wise investment? Just looking at contract and what we know about Teddy. Here's what I think. I think that Panthers know that they're probably not competing for the Super Bowl this year, unless there's some huge surprise. They draft the way they drafted. All defense indicates that they're going. They know they're going to have a rough year or two while they're rebuilding, and I think they have. I think that's money that they're not going to miss because it's not like they're trying to sign a big free agent who's going to come in and be that final piece to the puzzle for a championship team. So they've got this money that they can use uh, on a a quarterback and come in and kind of lead them through that transition period. So I think think it's a good deal. I don't think it's... It is a lot of money, but I don't think it's money that they would have been better off using somewhere else. I mean, the only other play... Well, there's two other plays. The The other two options would have been just keeping Newton, writing his contract out for another year, or just starting nobody at quarterback and guaranteeing you go 0-16 and get Trevor Lawrence. But, I mean, this whole lose for Lawrence situation might not even matter because Teddy Bridgewater could come in and he could help them win five, six games. 
he could maybe take them as a wild card and win nine, ten games, surprisingly. Either way, they could still draft Justin Fields out of Ohio State or... Or Trey Lance from North Dakota State is also looking like a top prospect. Exactly. And more than likely, based on the teams that we know are going to be drafting high in the NFL draft, I mean, teams like the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets, uh, the Washington Redskins, all these guys have their quarterbacks right now. So there's no reason to say Carolina wouldn't potentially, I'm just saying worst case scenario, Carolina wins six games, drafts 10th, and still gets fields. You know, that's still an option, realistically. And that's a win-win-win. But let's talk about the fit with the Carolina Panthers. Let's move into the offensive fit. The biggest thing that is going to come from signing him, immediate impact, uh, which we'll get there in a little bit too, but it's going to be the lack of turnovers. I mean, last year, Kyle, Kyle Allen was a starter, and I, I'm sure you paid attention to this, but all major media, what they keep saying about Kyle Allen? Like, he hasn't thrown an interception in blah, 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 like so many games, right? Yeah, and I mean, that, that's not even, like, the main thing you want to judge quarterbacks by because you remember Marcus Mariota last year through the first, I think it was five games, didn't throw an interception, but the offense was putrid, so that's... It's kind of a weak argument for, for who you, when you want to talk about how good a quarterback is. On top of that, though, what people weren't realizing is in those like five, six consecutive games where he didn't throw an interception, he lost like five, six fumbles. So it's the same thing. A turnover is a turnover. Just because like you're losing it because you're getting sacked versus you're losing it because you threw it wrong, you're still losing the ball. That's the positive right there. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, obviously, in his career, he's got a 38-25 and touchdown-to-interception ratio. But we do know that 12 of those interceptions came in his, in, his, in his rookie year right away. So, I mean, and that's rookie woes, getting 12 interceptions. And since then, he's had 13 interceptions in, what's that, 21 starts, which isn't great. That's not, like, fabulous, you know. But if we're just taking based off his Saints play, he's more conservative. He plays more patient. He doesn't just sit there and, you know, try and sling it. And you know what? He's like almost a perfect fit for a Matt Rule type of offense. Yeah, I mean, what, what Matt Rule has even said himself is that it's a, it's a similar offense to what the Saints ran in 2018 because Joe Brady, who is the Panthers' offensive coordinator now, he was an offensive assistant in New Orleans 2018. Last year, he was offensive coordinator for the championship LSU team. It was such an explosive offense. So Matt Rule came in, and he said, like, he, he's quoted as saying on, on Teddy, he said he knows the verbiage, he knows the concepts. You watch him on tape, he's executing the plays that we're going to run. So he said, I think he's a perfect fit for us for where the team wants to go. And if you look at the Panthers receiving core, they have these three... Receivers DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson, who are, are all so big. fast. Yeah, so fast. They're all quick receivers. They're all great at getting yards after the catch. I was talking to a couple fans on Instagram about Robbie Anderson. Who one fan, one player, one fan was kind of disappointed that Robbie Anderson was this like deep threat that they had gotten, even though Bridgewater doesn't really go deep. But I told him, look, Robbie Anderson is great after the catch. 
DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, all good after the catch. And Teddy Bridgewater, he's that quarterback who plays it safe. He's going to get the ball out quickly and get you. He puts the ball in a place where you can make plays after the catch. And I mean, this is a real, this is a real good fit for Christian McCaffrey as well. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is basically another receiver out there. Um, just get him the ball in some space and, uh, and, and let, let him work. So I think it's in terms of like the, the skill positions that he has, I think it's a really good fit for Bridgewater. He's a smart decision maker. He's quick. I mean, that, that was always kind of the knock on him in his career because he sometimes plays it too safe, doesn't wait for the play to develop and just goes to like uh, an, an easier, like shorter gain. But I think that's it's a good fit for a team that's developing and for the receivers that they have. I mean, a guy that we used to see back in like the early to mid two thousands that played it very safe, but you know, he had a high completion percentage, just Chad Pennington, uh, in all of his starts, you know, mainly with the Jets, but I mean Chad Pennington was one of those guys that would he could he could sling it deep whenever he needed to but he was really conservative. He's like just getting the yardage he needs. And I think that's the type of thing that Teddy Bridgewater is doing. He's just getting what he needs. I mean, an incomplete pass gets you nowhere, but a three yard pass gets you closer to that first down. And yes, I know, obviously it's not the great, I'm not, I'm not saying like, yes, yay, let's support three yard passes, but I'm just saying the object of the game is to get first downs. You get first downs until you get touchdowns. As much as everybody would love to be Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and throw the ball, you know, 80, 80 yards, you know, be able to throw a football out of a stadium, necessarily it's not always needed, especially with all these options that can create after the catch. And here's the biggest takeaway here that we're not paying attention with Robbie Anderson. It's like Robbie Anderson might not catch 20 balls, you know, 20 plus yards down the field this year. But what he's going to do is he's going to take a man coverage away from anybody coming inside because if you don't cover him deep you will get burnt yeah and if and 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 and, and if you do cover him deep christian mccaffrey curtis samuel dj moore are going to be open in the flats they're going to be open underneath you know they're going to be able to hit these box shots and they're going to be able to take a five yard five yard catch and you know make it a 15 yard play all because of that addition right there and that's what i think that people don't people don't just like see all that like He's a deep threat. He's got to catch deep balls. No, but he also takes away pressure. If the eyes are on him, they're not on Christian McCaffrey. That's a positive. I agree. I think it really is an underrated aspect of any offense is, the, is that fast burner receiver who can take the top off of the defense. And I think you're right there. What is the main takeaway from like, like obviously Christian McCaffrey is going to be his best friend for Teddy Bridgewater, but what are some things about him, you know, that he that that's going to help him work in this offense a little more. Like elaborate on that a little bit. Well, like I said, the Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady, he was an offensive assistant for the Saints in 2018, so he's got some familiarity with Bridgewater. People always like to make these connections like, "Oh, he was this guy's coach and like 4 years ago, so they know each other." I mean, I'm not saying that they're best friends and they like they're just going to be automatically in sync. But that familiarity with the system does help. Uh, and it could be that Joe Brady sees a bit of Joe Burrow in Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not saying that Bridgewater is 
exciting playmaking quarterback that Joe Burrow is. But what I'm talking about is these are both quarterbacks that their arm strength isn't the greatest, but they're accurate. They have great anticipation, very good decision makers, smart, high IQ quarterbacks. And I mean, it could be that Teddy Bridgewater is just kind of a similar player in terms of the quality and the type of player that Joe Brady was looking for to run his offense. This is an offense that may take a bit to adjust to the NFL because they ran some plays that aren't super common in the NFL. They they ran a lot of like five wideout sets. They ran a lot of, they didn't run a whole lot of screen plays in the LSU offense. So there's, there's going to be a little adjust up uh, some adjustments that need to be made. But what I think, Joe Brady and Matt Rule are liking is that Bridgewater is a safe, smart quarterback, and I think he's perfect for adapting Brady's offense to the NFL. Last thing before we get on to the impact, and and you're right on, you're hitting the nail, like on, on you're nailing the coffin and right there, or whatever, you're hitting the nail on the head. Whatever all those nail like you're 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 nailing it. And what people might not also think is like, well, we're always kind of putting Teddy Bridgewater in this safe role. I mean, say what you want, Minnesota Vikings fans or Saints fans. This is going to be the best receiving options that Teddy Bridgewater has ever had at his disposal. Like, like on top of that, their fifth option is Ian Thomas, who isn't a world beater at tight end, but he is a very efficient, you know, pass catching tight end who's been learning from Greg Olson, who has had starts when Greg Olson was hurt two years ago. So, having like your fifth best option be like Ian Thomas might have been like his third best option in Minnesota. Or in, you know, New Orleans. And I get it. Michael Thomas is the best receiver of all this talk, whatever. Sure, I don't care. That's not what I'm worried about. Or they had Adrian Peterson run the rock I, back in Minnesota. I don't care. But this group right here is going to make him so dynamic that it, it really doesn't matter. Every time he drops back, if Carolina runs in that 11 personnel, they're going to be so fast having those three wide outs out there. I mean, it's going to be unpredictable for defenses to know what's going to happen. And the, it, it, it's really going to be on these guys to create for Teddy. Now, let's talk about the impact. Short-term, long-term. You, you can kick us off here. Obviously, short-term is where we've been kind of leaning. So let's talk short-term. It remains to be seen if he's just a stock gap, just a bridge quarterback, or if he can be a long-term starter. I think he is the perfect quarterback for like leading the team through this rebuild because he's such a safe quarterback. He's like, because of that familiarity he has with the, with the offense. I don't know if any of what we're saying is actually has any basis in reality. I don't know if Brady and Rule see the same qualities in him that Joe Burrow has, or maybe they just kind of saw him as the safest, best bridge quarterback on the market. Um, whether he stays in terms of long-term, Effect whether he stays and like gets another contract. It's entirely dependent on him, and whether he and whether he performs, whether he leads them to victory. Now, what would be the situation that he does become a long-term impact? Because as much as we're saying like bridge and everything, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater will be turning twenty-eight this year. That's still really young. When he finishes his contract, I mean. He'll be 30 at the end of that contract. So, I mean, realistically, he could sign another contract with Carolina. 
what does he have to do to make it to another contract as a starter? Because if he if he plays well enough this year and Carolina, you know, let's just say Carolina hits hits the money, you know, and everything with this guy and it money well spent and they get nine wins and they are the seventh seed in the playoffs. And they are out of range of getting these quarterbacks. But now that because they're not getting those quarterbacks and they have Teddy, they can draft a, you know, a nice shiny offensive tackle to replace Russell O'Kong after his contract's up. You know what I mean? What do you think will be good enough to keep him long term? Well, I think you you kind of have it right in when you when you say like if he leads them to enough victories, he not only are you happy with, with winning and playing well, but you also take the team out of contention for Trevor Lawrence. Now, I just want to take a second and say, I don't, like, everyone's so high on Trevor Lawrence, and with good reason, but we don't, at this point in the year, we don't know if he still will be that player next year, but as it is right now, he's a top quarterback. He's kind of the, the end goal, the, the Andrew Luck, the Jameis Winston that everyone wants to tank for at the, at the end of the year. So that's just... I'm saying Trevor Lawrence because that's kind of who he is right now. Um, but if if he wins enough games, takes them out of contention to draft Trevor Lawrence, then I don't know. I don't know if there's another quarterback they're, that they're gonna want instead. Like maybe they wait another year. Maybe they maybe maybe Teddy does play well enough, takes him to the playoffs. They win a playoff game or two. I think they would keep him. I don't think they would see any reason to draft another quarterback i mean based on what you're talking about back in the contract segment i mean like i said after patrick mahomes signs he's gonna be the 19th highest paid quarterback look at all the quarterbacks that still have to sign their contracts that will get paid more than 21 average a year i mean if teddy is getting you eight plus wins a year and at the end of his contract he's 30 years old and he's now the 24th highest paid quarterback why wouldn't you keep paying him the exact same thing if he'll take it to be the starter it's in my eyes that's what it is right there he needs to hit the cap of over eight wins because the fact that this team got five wins with with a bunch of backups at quarterback mainly kyle allen who i liked it for a while and everything but i mean you know we have to we have to live in this world of reality in it yeah kyle allen's not the future if Christian McCaffrey wasn't there, those five wins probably wouldn't have came up. And yes, I know. Carolina has an uphill battle because this defense is depleted and they have a lot of, you know, primetime players that are gone. And they have a lot of youth out there. Seven rookies that they drafted. That's not even counting all their undrafted free agents that they brought in that still play defense. And that's not even talking about they also signed five, six veterans to come in to be legitimate starters or get significant amount of snaps. So this defense is going to be new, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to be successful. I mean, anything can happen. But right now, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints, they're at the tail end of their quarterback career, you know, with with Brady and Breeze. We got Matt Ryan. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I've been predicting that Matt Ryan is when he gets, he's going to hit a point and he's going to hit like a cliff and you're not going to see it coming. And it's just going to be like done. Matty ice is melted. And it's like, Oh man. And I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know if it's when Julio gets too old or, or what it is, but just he's going to hit a wall one day. And eventually 
Carolina's going to be in the driver's seat having the only legit starting quarterback. And if that's Teddy, great. If it's the next guy, great, as long as Teddy can mentor. But overall, what's going to happen with this Carolina team is going to have less turnovers. You know, the ball's going to get thrown a little bit more, and Christian's not going to have to run the rock as much up the middle because Teddy's going to have quick releases. He's going to have success. I mean, if you're completing high percentage of passes, you don't need to run the ball as much. I just think overall, this is a very good fit for this team. He's going to have a good impact for this team. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the signing the more I think about it and break it down. And let's end it off with predictions. So you're going to get to go first here. Give me your prediction for Teddy Bridgewater, and let's go, let's go 2020. Just 2020 season stats. And based on those stats, give me a 2021 rookie draft prediction. That's what we want to hear. Well, I think for 2020, I think he'll be serviceable. I don't think he's going to be this, a huge star. I don't think he's going to be a playmaker. Probably be kind of a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. Yeah, I can see him getting around 3,000 yards, something like that. Maybe 20, 25 touchdowns. Would you call them touchdowns? What's that? <laughs> Those are uh, tutties I'm talking about. Tutties. Yeah, those 20 tutties. Um, So that's kind of how I see him playing. I don't think he'll be great. I don't think he'll be bad by any means, but I just don't see him being the quarterback that'll ta- lead them to the playoffs. Okay, so they don't make the playoffs. He just throws for a little over 3K. Carolina is sitting at, how many wins you got him at? Like, let's just, just lay it out there. Carolina, I can see them. I I would see them getting around five, six wins. I think. I don't think they'll be like super bottom of the league like a lot of people do. Um, but I think the offense is just good enough to keep them kind of just up like at five, six wins. And that, in your eyes, will have them taking a quarterback in the twenty twenty one draft. Uh, that's hard for me to say. Uh, because I think if they're in a position to draft Lawrence, like if they are bottom of the league, I think there's no way they don't draft him. But, mm. but if, if Teddy plays decently, I think, like if he plays like I think he will, I'm not sure that they do take the quarterback. I think, I think there's a chance they just kind of go with him again because they still be rebuilding. And maybe they draft a quarterback after the 2021 season. And it actually could be a situation where, I mean, they trade back up into the first and get a quarterback if they fall, but kind of do, kind of do what we thought the Miami Dolphins should have done last, last, this past year, which was like go for offensive tackle first, mm-hmm. get your cornerback, and then come get your quarterback. But they went the opposite way. So maybe that situation right there where they just go out and, you know, they're drafting at number six. Lawrence is gone, obviously. Fields is gone. And then they just take the best offensive tackle they can to help bolster this team or draft a new shiny cornerback. You know, I'm sure Ohio State will be spitting out another one of those. Oh, yeah. Like, like as is tradition. And that right there is going to do it for our Teddy Bridgewater talk. I mean, I've already gave my predictions before that, so I'm not going to keep diving into this. You know, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And I really like this episode because we were kind of on the same page everywhere. Like, we understand the hypotheticals, and I know every Panthers fan out there is hopeful. And I, I just think as long as this team can protect Christian McCaffrey, I really don't, I don't care what else happens. 
just because that guy is highly invested right now and he needs to be protected at all, all costs. And if that means, you know, drop off passes, dump offs, and, and, and quick throws from Teddy Bridgewater, and he can just, you know, be a field general, perfect. Whatever helps the team win is all I need. Now, I, I, I like this episode too. I think it was interesting to see the episode from your viewpoint as a Panthers fan because we haven't. We, ha- we haven't done an episode yet where we were a fan of the team we were talking about, so I think it was kind of interesting to see how you feel about it. Yeah, and I'm not going to sit here. I'm like, I'm not like, and I, I'm not trying to bash anybody, but it's like, this isn't like the Philadelphia Eagles like radio sports talk show guy where I'm going to yell until you listen to me type thing. No, it's just, you know, I, I like the move. I've always been one of those fans, and if I don't care what anybody else says or what you do, but if you're on the team, I like you. That's just it. I support the team. I like the players on the team. Simple as that. And I'm not one of those guys that, like, Steve Smith goes to the Baltimore Ravens and I get bitter. No, I still support him. Like, I had him in all my fantasy leagues until he retired. Like, you know, Julius Peppers goes to the Bears. Yeah, sour, you know, sour taste in my mouth, but you know what? Whatever. It's Stuff happens. And same thing with Cam Newton. I'm going to support him. And now, Teddy Bridgewater, you're here. You're a Panther. I'm a fan. Simple as that. And I have a lot of Minnesota Vikings families, uh, family members. It would be amazing if Teddy Bridgewater takes us far and I could just like rub it in their face that he's like making less than Kirk Cousins and then they do better than Minnesota. I would just be thrilled. But anyways, thank you guys for tuning in here to Second and Short on this beautiful Thursday. Um, unless, of course, you're not watching on Thursday, then what are you doing? Come on. Go you, back and, and, and. What are you doing with your life? What are you, what are you doing? It's the weekend. <laughs> have fun. No, for real though, check us out every Monday and Thursday. We have new episodes coming up. Uh, we're going to keep this going all through summer for you guys. So be on the lookout for another player. You know, make sure to hit that like button, punch it. It's right, it's right down below. It takes one second to click. Doesn't hurt anything, only helps us out. Let's us know that we're doing things that you guys enjoy and like. And if you don't like anything, don't hit the thumbs down. Comment. Because if you hit the thumbs down, we don't know what you don't like. Like, do we just need to, like, cancel Aaron completely? Do we need to, like, get rid of my takes because they're not hot enough? Like, what is it? Let us know. using cold takes. And in the bottom right, please hit that subscribe button. You guys can stay up to date on all of our new episodes as they appear. And then check us out on, on social media as well. We're on Facebook. We got a fan page up there that... We're kind of getting going. Instagram is also where a lot of stuff is going down. We're trying to post, make a post at least once a day, updates, discussion points, things like that. And so come in and check us out. We'll also be having a Twitter going up in, a, in just a little bit. So get on down. And all those can be found down below in the description. And if you look at the top right, that last thing we plug right here click that icon you can see the whole playlist of all these new additions again i am tyler louder he is aaron ben this is second and short where we're always going for first downs early on in our drive thank you guys and have a good night